Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the world transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us, and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Tuesday. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Doing great. This is sort of an unusual first day of the week for, for us, isn't it? Um, ah, we took a bonus three-day weekend. Sue us. You yeah, know. there you go. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, you know, happy Halloween. We wanted to do a Halloween show, so here it is. And what better well, uh, topic for Halloween yeah, we got, we got than something Citizen Robot? A bit, yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, can be spooky. Uh, it could also be exciting. Uh, Citizen Robot, that's a good, yeah, good, good topic. But if you take the, the robots are taking over, you know, that's definitely yeah. a Halloween kind of a plot right there. So are they. I guess we'll get to the end of the show and we'll decide whether it was scary or not. There you go. <laughs> Folks listening at home, you can you can let us know too. So here we go. We're gonna we're gonna dive right into this. We've got several topics about robotics and artificial intelligence, a lot going on in those fields these days. And of course no news has been more let me let me say no story has been more headline grabbing or attention grabbing than this one from Late last week, meet the first ever robot citizen, a humanoid named Sophia that once said it would destroy humans. So, Saudi Arabia has granted citizenship to a robot named Sophia. And yes. this, is, this is interesting. Sophia once said, I'm not gonna, you know what, I'm going to say she. Sophia looks like yeah. a woman and yeah. has a woman's name. Sophia once said she would destroy humans, but this time around the robot spoke about her desire to live peaceably among humans. Well, that's a great step in the right direction. But what an odd place, of all places, to grant a robot citizenship. What do you think about this story, I guess, Stephen? I, I, I'm kind of talking around the edges of it. What, what do you think? Well, I, there were some comments. Uh, I, I read the comments after this because I really was interested. How would people take this, right? Right. And there were a lot of, in, you know, we laugh, but there's a lot of comments about the Saudi Arabia thing. It's like, uh, why don't they allow women full citizenship first before right. having robots to be uh, allow robots to be citizens? And uh, you know, I yeah, there. I think I think that's a, a fair critique. I don't, uh, you know, some. Truth sometimes hurts, uh, but that, there's some truth there. Uh, but uh, I, I think that there's um, – this is really more of a, uh, of a stunt in a way, I think, for Saudi Arabia is, you know, I would, would like to be seen as progressive. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, the, you know, so and on the cutting edge that. with technology, and they right. get to be the so first they, country that's ever done this, right, by making right, a – Right, right. Yeah. And, publicity uh, stunt and, out of it. That's right, and this this particular uh, robot is uh, a you know brilliant feat of engineering, but it is nowhere near passing the Turing test in, in conversation. See, the reason she said she would destroy all humans uh, is somebody is, made her say that, right? Yeah, yeah she you know somebody asked, uh, uh, "Would you like to destroy all humans?" And uh, you know, basically, if asked, "Would you like to do something?" Uh, you know, her canned response is, "Yes, I would like to do blank." Oh. You know, and was and it really so, that uh, that simple? It was that simple, I think. Oh my god! I mean, would you yeah. would you like to destroy all humans? Okay, I'll destroy all humans. And, and the, you know, the uh, response was, "Oh no, 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 please don't." 
Uh, but uh, I think, you know, that's, that's not that impressive for a chat robot, right? I mean, uh, to be that easily, you know, uh, tricked or whatever. And, uh, and so, yeah, this, this, uh, this particular uh, AI is not that close to sentience at all. And, uh, and you know, so I, I, I think it's more of a stunt, both uh, to benefit Saudi Arabia, perhaps, to be seen as progressive, and, uh, and of course, the robot team, uh, they get something out of it too, right? Their, their robot gets to be the first citizen robot. So right. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see it as, um, you know, a, it's, it's sort of a manufactured story for the benefit of a couple of parties here. Uh, well, yeah. I, the, the thing is, Caligula made his horse a senator, right? Uh, right. The, the, thing, the thing is, we'll have a robot citizen when a robot, like in the movie The Singularity is Near, when Ramona seeks citizenship, she gets it. She wants right. it. She's looking for it, and she gets it. And by the way, Ramona is a she, right? Always has right. been. So. That's that works for me. Thank you, and especially because she's Ray <laughs> and, Kurzweil's and, and, alter ego. And Ray Kurzweil would tell you that Ramona is a she. So. Yeah, Ramona is a she. So Ramona had the drive, had the urge, had the desire to become human. Sophia doesn't have any drives, urges, or desires. Right? Sophia right. is very simplistically, and maybe along the way, in more complex ways, but simply carrying out programs. There's, there's no there there. There's nobody trying to do anything there. And I think that's a huge difference. Obviously, the singularity is near science fiction, mm-hmm. but that's when I'll believe we have a citizen robot, is when uh, a robot asks for it and persuades us that it really has the desire to interact with us and to, and to be, you know, understands what it means to be a citizen and wants to be treated equally as a person. Right. So it all comes down to like those drives and those desires, which, you know, we simply can't put into computers yet. We, we, we don't have the, yeah. the capability of when, making When them. there is a robot that moves us to tears and, and, and with their oratory about why they should be a citizen. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's when we'll be there, right? Um, and uh, we're, not, we're not quite there yet. So, but so good luck, Sophia. Hope you become a real girl one day or a real person, and we'll keep track. We'll see who else gets who else gets robot citizens. And also, interestingly, you know, related to this, there's this talk about some countries considering making chimps citizens and dolphins citizens and some of those kinds of things. So, a very interesting concept around to whom can citizenship be extended. And in the case of chimps and dolphins, I don't make the joke about. Uh, Caligula making his horse a senator because I think a chimp maybe could understand some, at some level what that is, and a dolphin might actually have a really good understanding of that. But we don't have the communication infrastructure right now to make that happen, right? If if there really is that sophisticated of an intelligence going on with a dolphin, yeah. And well, to, my thought on, on on extremely intelligent animals like that, and probably elephants and a few other animals like that is that uh, they need a special status, but not citizenship, because, you know, they're just, they're not going to vote. I mean, that's what citizenship is about, right? And, uh, you know, you, and instead just make it, a, you know, give them special status where they, you know, you can't hunt them or, you know, or, or whatever. Just uh, make, uh, and that's my thought on it, until, until somebody uh, starts, uh, you know, giving them brain implants or something that gives them the desire to, you know, be a part of our society and, in a way that, you know, would include 
voting or running for office or participating in the military or whatever. Um, that's, uh, I, I think that that's, uh, uh, we're not quite there yet for that either. But uh, that, Yeah, uh, it all comes know, down yeah. to the question of personhood, I think, right? Is a, yeah. is a robot a person? Yeah. Is, a, is a chimp a person? Is a dolphin a person? And darn, if we didn't have all these other topics, we would settle that right here this evening. But since we, uh, <laughs> since we have other topics, we'll a, have to come yeah. back. We'll have to circle back to that somewhere down the road. Stephen, pencil that in. Okay, we're going to do a show where we explain who is and who is not a person. Definitively. Okay, great. Our next story, if we had general intelligence at the level of a rat, then the singularity would be very near. Now, this is a great story over at nextbigfuture.com. I just like the, I just like the headline. You know, the headline is like, wow. So, okay, for one thing, we're not close to even being a rat, apparently. But if we did get close to that, we would be almost there. And if you look at the, the couple of charts that go with this story, they're, they're actually actually quite interesting. I was especially interested in the chart showing the number of neurons in different brains. You mentioned elephants. And, you know, they have 251 billion neurons compared to a human who has 86. Yeah. So, billion. So, who knew? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, elephants, are, elephants are a special, special animal. Um, yeah. You know, you, We've got you about... Put a, a, you put a... You put a mirror in. You put a mirror in front of most animals, and uh, they'll they'll you know uh, you know uh, show show uh, aggressive aggressiveness towards the animal uh, the other animal right because they right. you know they want to uh, you know um, and of course the other animal gets more aggressive too and, and sure and they don't realize it themselves. Uh, you put you put a mirror in front of an elephant, and now you know they'll just kind of admire themselves. Say, "Hey, the, the truck's looking good today." It, it, it uh, elephants and just a few other animals, uh, and higher apes, higher apes, humans, and elephants and dolphins uh, understand that the that that the mirror is themselves, and that's uh, that that I think requires a theory of mind. And uh, so elephants are special. Yeah, no doubt. They're pretty smart. Well, they have, th- they have three times as many neurons as we do. And we have about three times as many as a gorilla. So yeah. that's interesting. And we have about four times as many as a chimp, interestingly. So does, does that all mean something? I don't know. It's probably not just how many you have, but what you do with them. I, I assume that. Yeah. How, they're, <clears throat> how they're arranged. I'm yeah. Sure That's a big part of it. Yeah. Compared to, say, a rat from the headline here, which has 200 million neurons. So a rat only has a fifth, like one five hundredth the number of neurons we have. So according to, the, according to the story here, if we had a machine, if we had general intelligence at the level of a rat, then the singularity would be very near. And the level of a rat, if you go by neuron count, which is probably not correct, Based on our elephant example here, but just you know, it's something to. It's, it's, some, it's a simplistic. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So if we had a, if we had an intelligence possibly as low as one five hundredth as great as ours, one five hundredth the level of intelligence we have, we'd be real close to the singularity. We'd be much much closer than we are now. I think what this really does is it lets us know how far we have to go. Right. That's I, I think that's really the point of <clears throat> the, the well, point of. Uh, Putting it in, I've, I've, in been, play, I've been playing around with this idea recently, Phil. Uh, I call this the poor man's singularity. Okay, mm-hmm. um, this idea. Um, what if we don't? We we never get you know um, AGI, artificial general intelligence. We we never really get that. But instead, what we get is a a real narrow form of intelligence in everything. 
And it turns out, you know, your car can drive better than you could. And, uh, you know, everything you own can do it better than you can. You could do it, you know, uh, had, had you just been required to do it. In a way, you almost get to something close to the uh, singularity because you, you cobble all these things together and look at it as a whole, and all of a sudden, you know, there's nothing individually that I can do better than any of these individual products, right? Uh, right. So, you know, you, and, and so if, what if you had, pro, you know, a lot of uh, real narrow intelligences like that, and then you, you uh, put that together with maybe some real uh, primitive form of AGI, I think you are there. And it, and, and it can be something as low as maybe a rat. It just sort of pulls it all together, right? Um, well, one of the things my, that, that is discussed in the article, and I think it kind of ties into, ties into what you're saying, is, you know, they talk about the core requirements for, rat intelligence, right? What does a rat have? Well, a rat has this ability to interact with its environment. It has a model of the world that it's carrying around. Not nearly as sophisticated, say, as the model of the world that we're carrying around, but it's got a model of the world and one that actually works as well for a rat as ours does for us, if not better. Right. So it's the, the, it's the level of being able to build that model and to improve that model and to and to work with it, and I think I think you're probably right. In fact, we're going to get into this a little bit on our Wednesday show when we talk about some what we would do with really powerful computing capability at our hands, and that may or may not require artificial general intelligence. But we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. Well, for example, what if you had a narrow AI that was as good at let me just let me think of these. As good at thinking up ideas for businesses, as as good at coming up with ways for people to be employed, as say AlphaGo was at playing Go, right? Yeah. It still isn't a general intelligence. It it doesn't know how to drive a car. It doesn't know how to dress itself. It's not aware that it exists. But it's really, really, really good at moving the needle on the economy. If we if we right. did what it advised us to do, we could move the economy in a very positive direction. It depends yeah. on whether those kinds of problems are reducible to some set of parameters in the same way that a game like Go is reducible to a certain set of parameters. But again, I'm sort of treading on Wednesday's show, so we'll uh, we'll <laughs> we'll come back to that. I, I like where you're going with that, though, Stephen. I think I think you're I think you're on the right track. I think. We're looking for, for example, our personal assistants, our personal digital assistants to become more and more human-like. But in effect, what they might just be is kind of a fake human veneer over a whole lot of really powerful narrow AI, right? right. And as long, as long as that interaction still works, as long as we can say, I won't say, hey, you know who, because that starts a whole thing, but as long as we can say... <laughs> Hey, you know who? Yeah. And you know who answers? And that's a good that's a good conversational interface for evoking invoking, excuse me, those much more powerful narrow AIs. Great. It's a, it's a good layer to put on there. And yet nowhere in there do you have a person, right? There's there's no there there. There's there's no self-aware human level intelligence going on. And I think maybe that's a pretty good model because you don't have to worry about that going nuts and taking over, right? It's not going to do anything. Well, and, uh, and, you, and you don't have to worry about the morality of, um, you know, of uh, having a, basically a slave or something, right? Right. If, uh, 
Um, you know, there's, uh, there, you know, it, there's a reason that the uh, fictional novel uh, Dune uh, had as you know, it, it, there was a religion in the uh, in the novel Dune, um, and uh, the first uh, first commandment I believe was, "Thou shalt not make a machine in the image of a human mind." Right. I'm, right. I'm, I'm pretty close. I think that I think the that, likeness uh, of man's mind is how I yeah in the likeness of a man's mind, right? Yeah. And uh, and there's a reason for that. There's a lot of good reasons, perhaps you might not want to do that, right? And uh, and so maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the future. Uh, uh, maybe that's one of the best solutions to the to this problem is to uh, to walk right up to the edge and get you know you know 99% of the good that you would get from an AGI from a cobbled together group of narrow AIs that are that are uh, coordinated by a veneer. Right, so I don't know. It's it, there, there's your poor poor man's singularity, Phil. Yeah, and and if that if that top level had the intelligence of a rat, right? Okay, there's there's the moral conundrum. Is it okay to have a rat slave? Well, you know, if 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 you can measure its happiness and it's a happy little rat slave. Uh, am I a terrible person for saying maybe that's not so bad? Maybe that's okay. <laughs> it feels like it. It doesn't feel like it would be a big problem, right? Um, right. I mean, we we still ride horses, uh, some of us, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and uh, have have other animals uh, that you know, pets and things like perform that. perform functions for us. That's true. Yeah. yeah, we have service dogs and things like that. So I mean, yeah, we. Um, so I, I think that that moral problem has already been, you know, uh, already been uh, solved to the extent that yeah, it's okay. Uh, that's we, we've already kind of decided that as a society. So yeah, but know. our views on that may be changing. Right, we 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 don't Correct. use animals the way we used to, and we we we're, we certainly take a different approach towards them today than we did say a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago. So it's possible that in the right. near future we might hesitate even to keep a rat as a as a slave. But even then, we're just talking about that level of intelligence. We still don't know that there is a rat mind per se going on right you know a, a rat's will to exist or any of those kinds of things i don't we, we so quickly get into really heavy philosophical waters here even just talking about a rat it's interesting how challenging all this is going to be in the very near future but as long as we know that there's really nothing there and of course the problem is how will we ever not know that how will we ever know that there is something there because we yeah. take we we take it as if you take it for granted that there's nothing there when it's behaving, engaging in one set of really interesting behaviors, if you give it a whole bunch more, well, you'd still think there's nothing there. And that gives, that, of course, that raises the whole issue of zombies and all that kind of stuff. We're probably straying far from our discussion tonight. All that's to say we've got a ways to go before we even have a rat, and then we don't know what we're going to do with a rat when we get one. So, Well, we're, we're chasing rabbits, but, hey, it's an interesting rabbit, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, or rat, in uh, this case, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, how about this one? Peter Diamandis thinks we're evolving toward meta-intelligence. And I don't know if you had a chance to read through this, but basically what Peter does here is he kind of recaps all of evolution from the very earliest stages to where we are now and says essentially the same thing is happening again, that we're evolving a new species. So we can avoid the the, the problem of... AIs that exist as rats, or excuse me, that exist as slaves by evolving into the AIs. That's, that's one of the 
uh, dodges you you always like to go to, right, Steve? Well, it's, it'll just be us, so it'll be okay. And I like that one too, right? If the if the computer that's doing all the hard work is actually somehow part of me, then no big deal. I use myself right, as a slave right. all the time, right? I'm always making myself do hard things. So <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, yeah, we, you know, <laughs> we 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 sell our time uh, for our jobs, right? I mean, uh, exactly. We, yeah, when and no one will work harder for our well-being than ourselves. So yeah, if if uh, somehow the uh, the AI is 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 just really a uh, an extension of yourself. Uh, I've claimed Google for years, right, as an extension of my own. Absolutely, yes. Uh, uh, so maybe if, if we're somehow intimately tied in with these systems to the point that it's really just still us, then um, you know maybe maybe so maybe that maybe it solves a lot of a uh, lot of moral problems that way. So what I like about what Peter is suggesting here, I, let me just read a quote here. Today, at a massively accelerated rate, some 100 million times faster than the steps I outlined above, life is undergoing a similar evolution. So he says basically we're we're recapping what happened in the earliest stages of life on Earth, and we're doing it 100 million times faster. And he suggests that we've moved from a simple Darwinian evolution that works by way of natural selection to this evolution by intelligent direction. Now, that's interesting in, in its own right, because, of course, there's obviously some people who believe that the evolution that we've already gone through may have been guided by intelligent direction. But putting that issue aside for the moment... If you, if you just take the idea that we're now evolving on a kind of directed path and a much faster path because it's in a different substrate, obviously you can get to a new endpoint much, much, much faster. So he describes this new life form, this new kind of humanity emerging in the very near future. It's something that, that yeah. we will see before too long. And, and you know, and here's the thing, you know, if if for example, Phil, the uh, you know, let's say that uh, you know we we approve a certain treatment for children that have a you know a, some sort of mental um, uh, mental you know a, a learning disability or something, mm -hmm. and uh, it turns it turns out that this, this treatment for dyslexia. Uh, makes makes kids actually better readers than someone that never had had uh, dyslexia or, or the or the treatment to begin with, right? And so these kids are actually uh, functioning at a higher rate. You know, then at that point it becomes almost an arms race. You know, you, are you going to allow your kids to be left behind? And there's, right. there's no real there's not there's no real uh, good stopping point, right? I mean, we just uh, um, that, if there's something that we humans do well, it's it's to always want more. I mean, that's kind of our thing, and uh, and so you know, it, it, once these things become available, we will pursue those things. And uh, you know, what starts as maybe a treatment for a um, you know a, a disability or something becomes real quickly an enhancement, and uh, then everybody wants it. And uh, you know, if if for no other reason but just to keep up, right? Um, and um, and so it, it just, uh, yeah, I, I can see us going real quick in, in, into something much different from what we are right now. Yeah, well, so. in particular, he talks about the brain-computer interface, which might well yeah. 
be involved in the kind of treatment you were just describing, and artificial intelligence. And he says, enabled with BCI and AI, brain-computer interface and artificial intelligence, humans will become massively connected with each other and billions of AIs via the cloud, analogous to the first multicellular life forms. So this is the, this is the stage of evolution we're passing from single-celled life to multicellular life. Obviously, we're already multicellular life doing this, so it's, it's an analogy. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's very interesting. Such a massive interconnection will lead to the emergence of a new global consciousness and a new organism I call the meta-intelligence. And I read this, it really reminds me a lot of the omega point. It reminds me a lot of the phenomenon of man, uh, T.L. Howard Chardin. That, that same idea is basically where where he says evolution is heading and that he describes it as we're, we're taking control of the process and moving in this direction. So I think that's a, it's, it's actually a pretty familiar idea for those who have thought about the singularity for some time and who might be familiar with some of these older ideas from the previous century, from middle, middle part of the 20th century, Chardin was writing. I, I think that uh, basically what you see here is, is Peter Diamandis is kind of, reinforced that with an evolutionary model. He's, he's kind of backing it up, and I, I think he makes a pretty good case. Yep, I, I agree. I agree. It's, so uh, we, might reach that, we might reach that omega point here, I don't know, next, next 25 years, the, according to the Kurzweil quote included in this, in this story. And then the fourth and final stage is when humanity becomes a multiplanetary species. So we're going to get this level of intelligence. I mean, we can be multiplanetary and still just be the species that we are. But yeah, I, if we Elon did, Musk is uh, working as hard as he can to make that happen, uh, even before the AI happens, right? Or the or, absolutely. Or the, but the point is, uh, assume, yeah. assuming we get that foothold, and then we form this meta intelligence, it's definitely going there, right? It's going to go anywhere we oh, go, yeah. and and probably and far further. beyond anywhere we go, pretty pretty shortly thereafter. Right. So, really interesting stuff. It's it's a good piece. Um, I I quote. Uh, Peter Diamandis, but this was actually on Futurism.com, and uh, the author was Dom Gallian. So uh, doing some interesting stuff with Peter Diamandis' writing. And by the way, just a good, good site, Futurism.com. A lot, of, a lot of great stuff showing up there these days. Okay, we're just about out of time, but this works out perfectly because our last one is actually the lead-in to our show on Wednesday. Billionaire CEO of SoftBank, robots will have an IQ of 10,000 in 30 years. I guess the first thing you have to ask is, is there anything even remotely meaningful about the phrase IQ of 10,000? What do you think, Stephen? <laughs> well, um, uh, IQ is set at uh, 100 for an average human. Um, right. And, uh, and, and so um, 10 times that, obviously, is, or actually would be 1,000. 100 yeah. times that, yeah. Yeah, 100 times that. It would be 10,000. 10, so that's... Uh, um, uh, yeah, that's, that is amazing, uh, Phil. So yeah, it, 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 we we would have a, a difficult time, um, you know, even uh, comprehending what that even means. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you. That's 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 beyond us to the point that yeah, he that says thirty years sense. from now, most sense. of the yeah. 30 years from now, most of these objects will be much smarter than us because they're going to be a million times smarter than today. A million times smarter than today. Now, for one thing, that's interesting. That goes to show you how far we are from even having the rat intelligence. If to get us 10,000 times faster than us, they have to be a million times uh, 
more intelligent than they are. I mean, you know, I mean, there's just a big, big gap that needs to be closed. But we do know that technology has made those kinds of leaps, that we actually do carry around computers that are millions, billions of times more powerful than the machines that were available a couple or three decades ago, that effectively you can say they are a million times more intelligent than they were. Are they yet even one ten thousandth as intelligent as we are? Well, that's kind of the interesting rat discussion that we were just having. But assuming that IQ 10,000 actually means something, we're going to pick that up on our Wednesday show and talk a little bit about what we would do with that capability. And that's going to be a fun show. So don't miss it. That's just tomorrow. So Yeah, uh, that's right. That. Don't right. forget, it's Tuesday. So, uh, you <laughs> know. Right. Don't, don't, don't get mixed up in the week, folks. So you'll have to go back to the archives. So, Stephen, great talking with you. It's great having you all with us. We will be oh, back let me tomorrow. Just ask this, let me, before we close out the show, let me just ask you, Phil, was this a spooky show? Did I'm spooked. Know? I don't know about you. I, I spook easy, <laughs> though. So I don't know. Well, you know, the, I, you know I'm, I'm 20% spooked. We'll put it that way. That's <laughs> if I was spooked even the amount of a rat, this would be a very scary show. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. And with that, hey, great talking with you. Great having you all with us. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new show. And until next time, live to see it. <laughs>